Hey, let's talk about economics, or rather, herconomics. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Herconomics. I am Kat Hercules, your host, and today we are talking about supply and demand. Today is a lot, you guys. Um, this is a really big topic with a lot of subcategories. A lot of things fall into supply and demand. I could do an hour-long episode on this, but you know we don't do that here. So I'm just going to do a little bit today. Maybe eventually we'll come back, talk about some more topics that have to do with supply and demand. But today we're going to be talking about just some nuances with it. Um, before we can get into specifics, it is essential to understand what supply is and what demand is. So let's get right into it. So supply. Supply is your producers of products or services. And then your demand are the consumers of said products or services. Now, um, the supply and demand can be graphed both individually and together. And when they are graphed, the x-axis is the quantity supplied or demanded, depending on which graph you're looking at. And then the y-axis is the price. Now, I'm going to have pictures of these graphs on my Instagram under the post for this episode. So if you want a little visual with that, go ahead and check that out. Now, let's just get started with supply, get all the supply out of the way, then we can move on to demand. The supply curve is upward sloping because the law of supply states that there is a positive relationship between price and the quantity that suppliers will produce. So when the price of a good or service increases, the amount that is produced will also increase. The law of supply describes what the height of the supply curve shows. It reveals both the opportunity cost of producing an additional unit as well as the minimum price necessary to get producers to supply the additional unit. Now, opportunity cost is just the highest valued alternative that must be sacrificed when choosing an option. So, when a firm decides how to spend its resources, it must determine the opportunity cost of all options and figure out what the next best alternative is in order to maximize production, sales, profits, things of that nature, depending on what the company is wanting to spend its time and money on. When learning about economics, you will hear both the terms supply and quantity supplied. And you're probably wondering if there is a difference. There most definitely is. A change in supply means that there is a shift of the supply curve itself. When there is an increase in supply, this supply curve will shift to the right. When there is a decrease in supply, the curve shifts to the left. This change in supply is caused by a change in anything that affects supply other than the price of the good. I just want to clarify that everything that might change supply at all, except for price, is going to be a change in supply. Now, a change in quantity supplied is where price comes into play. A change in quantity supplied is caused by a change in the price of that good. So quantity supplied is just reliant on price changes. Unlike changes in supply, changes in quantity supplied is a movement along the supply curve. An increase in quantity supplied results in movement up the curve, and a decrease in quantity supplied will have movement down the curve. And there are four essential shifters of supply that will result in changes in supply. As a recap, these will not have anything to do with the price of the good itself. Number one shifter of supply is a change in resource or input price. When resource price increases, supply decreases and vice versa. Number two is a change in technology. 
As tech improves, supply increases. If tech worsens, supply will decrease. Number three is a change in nature or politics. There isn't a defined formula for this one, but it is rather self-explanatory. For example, if cold weather in Florida damages orange crops, the supply of oranges will decrease. Our last shifter of supply is changes in taxes. If taxes on suppliers increase, supply will decrease and vice versa. With changes in supply, price will move in the opposite direction and quantity will move in the same direction. So if new technologies are produced that expedite the production of, say, envelopes, supply will go up as well as quantity and price will go down. So that's it for supply, let's move on to demand. The demand curve is downward sloping because the law of demand states that there is a negative relationship between the price and the quantity that buyers will purchase. When the price of a good or service increases, the demand for the good decreases. And when the price of a good or service decreases, the demand for the good increases. The law of demand also explains marginal benefit for demand. Marginal benefit just means additional benefit with each extra unit. So the height of the demand curve is the marginal or additional benefit derived by the consumption of that unit. To simplify that a bit, the additional benefit from a fourth cup of coffee is less than the first, second, and third cup. As a consumer, you will determine your maximum willingness to pay based on how much you value that additional benefit. Similarly to supply and quantity supplied, there is a demand and quantity demanded. A change in demand means that there is a shift of the demand curve. When there is an increase in demand, the demand curve shifts to the right. When there is a decrease in demand, the curve shifts to the left. This change of demand is the result of a change in anything that affects consumer behavior other than the price of the good. A change in quantity demanded is caused by a change in the price of the good. Changes in quantity demanded is a movement along the demand curve. An increase in quantity demanded results in movement down the curve, and a decrease in quantity demanded will result in a movement up the curve. There are six shifters of demand. The first is change in consumer incomes. This actually depends on the type of good you are looking at. For normal goods, as income rises, demand rises, and as income falls, demand falls. These products can be thought of as more luxurious compared to inferior goods, for which as income rises, demand falls, and as income falls, demand rises. Think of normal goods as sushi and inferior goods as those ramen packets you ate in college. Number two is change in the number of consumers. When the number of consumers go up, the demand rises and vice versa. A good example of this is college bars. During the school year, there is plenty of demand since there are a large number of consumers. In the summer, not so much. Number three is change in the price of a related good. This is where substitutes and complements are important to consider. Substitutes are exactly what they sound like, products that can substitute for each other, like beef and chicken or Coke and Pepsi. If the price of one substitute increases, the demand of the other substitute will increase, and vice versa. Complements are products that are typically bought and enjoyed together. Think of peanut butter and jelly, milk and cereal, and apple pie and ice cream. When the price of one complement increases, 
the demand for the other complement will decrease. So if peanut butter gets pricey, fewer people are going to buy jelly. The next shifter of demand is change in expectations, either expected changes in price or income. If the price in the future is expected to rise, people will buy today. If there is a sale tomorrow, demand will be high tomorrow. In terms of income, if someone is expecting to get fired soon, they will buy less today to prepare for that loss of income. But if someone is expecting to get a raise in the future, their demand for today will go up because they have nothing to lose and they can buy today without worrying about future expenses. The next shifter is change in demographics. The placement and demand for many products are influenced by the people that buy the products. For example, old people are more likely to buy large print books than any other demographic. So if a largely elderly town suddenly gets an influx of young adults that pushes out the old crowd, the demand for those large print books is going to decrease in that area. The final shifter of demand is changes in consumer tastes and preferences. Trends make and break the market, and whatever is in and whatever is out can fluctuate almost daily. I think social media influencers are a great example of this. As soon as Emma Chamberlain starts wearing yoga pants, they are all the rage, and demand for yoga pants goes up. That is all for today's episode about supply and demand. Thank you so much for listening. You can connect with me on Instagram at Herconomics Podcast and on Twitter at Herconomics Pod. Please DM me, email me, or comment on any of my social media posts with any questions you might have, either about today's topic, anything I mentioned at all today, or just another economic concept that you want to know more about. Um, the topic for next week is a surprise, so look out for more information on that next Monday. Thank you for listening to me talk about economics the Herconomics way.